0: feel your guts inside of me
1: why hello this is <laughs> Drew here on a gray and rainy day in Portland Ashley wait my little sister Ashley <laughs> is also here um where are you?
0: In sunny, windy Colorado. Yeah. Also, it doesn't look very great at your house because it looks like the lighting is pretty top notch.
1: Yeah. Well, that's just all the ring lights I like to surround myself in for maximum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your skin looks great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Maximum photogenic quality. Yeah. um, Full disclosure, we already recorded this episode, or at least we thought we did, but. I didn't press record. So and this it is was take... so good. <laughs> it was so good. So this is going to be take two, which is going to be way better or worse. What do you think?
0: Probably worse. No, okay. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Almost certainly worse. Cause um, <laughs> I mean, you'll never hear how incredible the first take was like, where
0: shattering. <laughs>
1: yeah. We talked about Halloween decorations, which we may or may not do right now. Again, we talked about my new home
0: We don't need to summarize what we talked about, what they can't hear, unless we want to talk about it again.
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I'm asking you. Do you want to (laughs) have you decorated your home
0: for Halloween? Yes, I have. I decorated it on September 29th um, ahead of the game in case the baby comes early. I love Halloween so much. It's my favorite holiday. So I even have spooky nails. They have ghosts on them.
1: Oh, okay. Well, this is, I'm not going to say this every time, but that is a new reveal for me. So (laughs) genuine surprise at your ghost nail, black nails with a uh, Pac-Man style ghost Ghost. on it. Yes. Very creative.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: I am really excited to decorate my house for the first time. So excited that I haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) You only
0: have a few weeks of October left. You should probably get on it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have people over for so we started Shocktober, my annual um film festival uh, last Friday, but uh, Oliver, a uh, friend of the podcast and patron of the podcast, <laughs> um s- uh, hosted the first um the first event which went horribly. So, um, Oh no. I mean, uh, did it not
0: happen or <laughs> Nothing about
1: his hosting went horribly, just oh. the mo- no one liked the movie um we watched. A actually another movie that from the year that The Exorcist came out, Don't Look Now, um, oh. 1973. Um, so good, you know, prep for the era. So you picked that,
0: it and everyone hated it, <laughs> yeah,
1: which isn't like the most unusual thing, but it's also like a pretty well regarded kind of classic, um, surrealist, uh, horror movie. So I wasn't like going out on a huge limb, I knew it was going to be more of a psychological kind of like drama thriller than a horror movie, but it was way more dreamlike and surreal and nonsensical than Mm -hmm. I think anyone and not like, not necessarily in a good way, just kind of in a confusing Uh way. Um, It was sort of trying to replicate a dreamlike state. In the months or some amount of time following, you know, the loss of a child and grief. So heavy subject matter told yeah. in a strange <laughs> way. And it took place in Venice, which was really cool. Um, I figured at least like the set design and the um, location and and building architecture and everything would be eye, good eye candy. And that was mostly true. But the plot the was, was terrible. non-existent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's a bummer. Well, maybe this week it'll be better. Hopefully, yeah.
1: This week we're watching a 1970s movie as well called House, a Japanese movie that's supposed to be even more surreal, (laughs) but hopefully more entertaining. Maybe done correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So those are my Shocktober uh, updates, and um, I should probably say you are listening to New Release. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A Halloween themed podcast for the next month, but otherwise a TV and sometimes movie podcast where each week we watch something new and then decide if we want more. Ashley, what episode are we on?
0: 184.
1: Not too shabby.
0: (laughs) Pretty high up there. Pretty. I'm
1: going to make you start saying the number because you never react with appropriate. (laughs) Reverence and and excitement, so Woo! I'll I'll react and you just
0: another episode. <laughs> say the
1: number, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, one eighty four. We started in the year nineteen eighty four. Make whatever connections you want with that. Drew was
0: born in eighty four.
1: I was born in the best year ever. Spawned the podcast. Yada yada. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so this week we are going to be watching. Um. Like I said, a. Follow up to a movie from 1973, maybe one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. But before we talk about that, we have to look back on the last few weeks on new release previously on new release. Ashley, what do you want to talk about first?
0: Well, I want to see or hear if you watch The Changeling or read the recaps or any of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Since well, I gave up on it. <laughs> I've got great news for you. I did not um, watch any, <laughs> any more of The Changeling, so we can breeze right past that into my latest uh, American Horror Story recap as Perfect. brought to you by Vulture.com. So <laughs> <laughs> The biggest, uh, most important detail I got from the recap was that they appreciated how the episode was shorter.
0: Not um, a good sign. Great. Yep.
1: So instead of like 43 minutes, it was a taut. 37 um Ooh. yeah so um where we left off in episode two emma roberts had just suffered a miscarriage after a really um um invasive and brutal ultrasound uh, so her and dex um are you know grieving the loss of their child and grieving the loss of their show seemingly because i thought that's what it was about um <laughs> But, sure enough, by the end of episode three, she finds herself, you know, drinking wine, relaxing, passing out on a cold basement floor, being drugged through a candlelit hallway filled with um, jars of baby uh, parts. Oh, Um, romantic. Okay. Yeah. And then she gets (laughs) kind of, like, ceremonially... re impregnated somehow by a group of immediately occult or witches. Yeah, exactly. So I don't mean to be flippant and jokey about the very heavy traumatic subject matter of this show, except that's kind of how the show they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then I'm reading like kind of sarcastic recaps about a, Mm -hmm. um, pretty, you know, um, uh, superficial treatment of these heavy, um, heavy themes. Yeah. So anyway, um she is pregnant but there's been like, you know, a syringe full of black liquid stuck into her belly, so maybe the she fetus... doesn't have
0: a spider baby.
1: Well, we can hope. I mean, that's the only <laughs> reason I'm, you know, spending 10 minutes Time a week, reading. <laughs> reading the the uh, recaps is to find out what is gonna come out of her but <laughs> and will and how many legs will it have um but yeah uh, that's that's the end of episode three four american horror story delicate have you been keeping up with uh Wrexham?
0: yes it's still so good it's just they really highlight the town and the different characters um this episode in particular is all about the women's team which is really cool. And they're actually up for promotion as well. And if they get promoted, then they have <clears throat> then they'll actually get paid to play. Um unfortunately, they're not playing on like the main pitch or any of that stuff. They're just like on this side field, like secondary field that's all muddy and pretty crappy to play on, but they're kicking everyone's ass. So it's been it was fun to watch this for an episode and like they left it where they had like their play their rivals to see if they win, then they get promoted. So hopefully nice. they touch on that Um, with their they're they're already like
1: uh, is the is the soccer schedule timeline different from the men or they're just editing it that way to kind of show their outcome sooner
0: i'm not sure to be honest i mean they did already play like their number one rivals and i think they're at the number one spot and then they have to play like the west coast version or east coast the other um the other headliner for the other league. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure exactly how the timeline's working out. They might just be fast forwarding because they want to really highlight the women's team pretty quickly because it's all about the men's team mainly, but it's been really good and I'm excited just to keep watching it. So
1: it's cool. I mean, the show keeps finding new ways. Um, I haven't caught up with the last couple episodes because disc golf is back (laughs) in business for one more weekend, maybe two more weekends. And then that season will be over. Um, but it, they keep finding new ways to highlight, you know, kind of um, underdog uh, sports stories or, you know, um, marginalized people or a t- marginalized town, a mm-hmm. downtrodden group, um, and then and uh, lift them up. I mean, it is such a life affirming <laughs> show, but it's maybe less annoying to me than Ted Lasso. You know, I know it's easy to pick on Ted Lasso now that it's like, you know, fallen Fun. from its <laughs> from <laughs> its uh, you know, universally praised state, but I was fine with the the amount of it I watched, but it was a little too uh sweet and saccharine for my mm-hmm. tastes. Whereas this, um there's this push pull between, okay, now we, you know, like we talked about now the men have all this extra resources. So it's, um, the drama almost there is coming from the fact that like they're not meeting expectations or the expectations are sky high, but so they have to find like other side stories to highlight where they are still kind of, I mean, even the women, I guess have new, um, resources that they didn't have before. And maybe some of the other women's teams don't, but, at least they're highlighting like new aspects of the town and community and, in like greater soccer ecosystem that they're a Mm -hmm. part of.
0: Yeah. It's real. It's you should keep watching it when disc golf is over.
1: Yeah. They change um, it
0: up like ultimate disc golf with like blades and stuff since Halloween.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of um, uh, sharp edges (laughs) on the discs. Actually. I mean, there's a shot called a grenade where you throw it. Like if you're trying to clear a bunch of trees, and you oh. th- can just like throw it straight up in the air. And if you have a ton of power and you could throw like 500 feet straight, you mm-hmm. can throw like several hundred feet straight up in the air and have it come down. Um, that seems
0: so dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a cameraman got hit in the head earlier uh... this season by one of the best players. Obviously it was no one's fault, um, but he I just mean... didn't see it coming. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they can change policies to make, to be better aware of when someone's throwing and when, you know, like they're on headsets. So they are taking accountability. But anyway, I just came down. I mean, they could wear hard hats. I mean, I would saying it was the
0: thrower's fault.
1: Yeah, well, he <laughs> didn't know where fault. the cameramen are positioned. Oh, um, yeah. That's I mean, I'm, he felt horrible. Um, Eagle yeah. McMahon uh, from Boulder, Colorado. Oh, Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, of course, he. yeah, he felt horrible, but it just kind of he the, the camera person was out of his sight and Vice versa, Ugh. so came straight down on his head, gushing head wound,
0: uh-huh. um, carded off
1: the off the course and to the hospital. Was okay and and you know no extensive damage that I know of. Maybe some staples and some scarring, yeah. but well, I was um, just kidding. Dang,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. ooh, okay, well.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it can be a brutal sport. um I've been hit in the wrist by Derek before, and that's drawn <laughs> blood. Um, really? But, yeah.
0: Wow. Well they're skin. not like frisbees. <laughs> they're
1: they don't have a blunt uh the putters have kind of a blunt, you know, rounded edge, but the drivers mm-hmm. that go the high speed discs have a really sharp edge so that they can uh. like cut through uh, so that they're aerodynamic. Um so they can cut through flush and and air. yeah, with maximum <laughs> effectiveness. Dang. Um yeah. Mm. So to answer your question, um things are really yeah, getting dark in this, this as <laughs> golf world um <laughs> but yeah i think that's uh that's it for previously on we won't relitigate your controversial thoughts on teenage mutant ninja turtles um no, but
0: didn't watch it yeah
1: it. but it's time for um our future presentation what did we watch this week
0: ashley well before that i just wanted to say that i watched i finished and started or started and finished the other black girl oh yeah 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 Um, And it's a really good show. You should give it a whirl. Each episode's pretty quick. Um, And she's basically about this journalist um, who's like a journalist assistant at an agency. And she's the only black girl. And then another black girl shows up. And then she gets real weird and crazy. um, But it's very good. And the acting is incredible. So I would suggest watching that. And then I also finished Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin and Martin Short, which I loved. And Paul Rudd um, was their special guest. So.
1: Very cool. I've been curious yeah. about that show for a while, partly because of the podcast tie-in. <laughs> they're like amateur, or are they successful podcasters at this point? Or they
0: are yeah. after the first one, but they they're kind of like minor league detectives. Like, this are really interested in the case because it happened like in their building, and then they became podcasts. They started doing podcasts around the first murder, and then just t- took off. And the murders kept happening around them. So,
1: right, what a what a crazy coincidence! How convenient, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of a show i liked a lot which was like a half hour kind of super dark comedy um search party i sh- i shouldn't say super dark it got darker it started as kind of like making fun of um a specific type of like new york hipster community and then it turned into kind of like a cult show by by the mm. end it went on quite a quite a journey but um the the humor got like darker and 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 weirder as it went on. Whereas I've always understood um, people kind of appreciate only murders for its light and and kind of like sweet humor.
0: Yeah, and this one has like a they're putting on together a play, like Martin Schwartz directing a play, and so there's like a musical aspect. It's just yeah, it's really it's really sweet. I like it a lot. Yeah, maybe um, maybe the
1: maybe the, di- the distinction I'm making isn't like uh search party is so edgy it's like it's cynical it like kind of hates Mm. the people in the show um oh yeah this one's you know like it 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 wants it's making fun of them um whereas yeah something like only murders uh like you can't hate steve martin so sure (laughs) you can hate martin short but not anymore i guess he's coming around yeah. yeah i mean i feel like he was annoying when he like in the '90s at at some point, but I mm-hmm. I also don't have a strong like
0: opinion about that memory of <laughs> of
1: his early movies. So yeah, me um, either. Cool. What else? Were you were gonna say something?
0: Mm, no, I was just gonna go to the movie we watched.
1: Oh yeah, please do, and I can't wait to cut you off.
0: Yeah. Again. Cool. Um. So we watched The Exorcist Believer. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: great! You're gonna start with the name.
0: <laughs> Uh, it's about two girls that go missing for three days in the woods and come back all sorts of fucked up and possessed that's it don't come here. Cool. Yes.
1: you have some experience with possession yes more than I'd like I believe you can help get our girls back exorcism is a ritual every culture every religion they all use different methods it's going to take all of them
0: don't be scared we've met before mother
1: mm. ah! i ended on a jump scare um <laughs> there were some jump scares in this movie which we'll get to um i found that kind of effective in a in an easy way um mm. but So people are considering this a direct sequel because it has Ellen Burstyn's character in it, the mother of um, Linda Blair, who was the girl who was possessed in the original 1973 exorcist. There were also two sequels, which people didn't love. Um, I think the third one, which we watched for the podcast has had kind of um, a newfound appreciation, but there's no denying the impact of the original. It's staying power mm-hmm. culturally. Um, it's name <laughs> recognition just kind of is like a definitive horror movie, like a modern, actually scary horror movie. That's that was terrifying. Yeah. Not just meant to be like atmospheric <laughs> or spooky. It was meant to cause people to pass out in the theater. And allegedly they did. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it was gross and just mm-hmm. all sorts of um, like indelible moments from the original. So like, did that make you I mean, but that was 50 years ago. And there's yeah. been a lot of horror since. So did you want a sequel to the original? Did you want more movies in the Exorcist universe? Like what was how excited were you for this?
0: I mean, I was really excited, actually. This trailer alone was terrifying. Um, Probably the scariest trailer I've seen in years. And so based on that alone, I was like, oh, this movie's going to be like, I was just, like, hy- hyping myself up. I went with like four or five of my girlfriends and we were like really excited because we all like horror movies. i are like, yes, this is going to be so good. And then it wasn't. That yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, the trailer was the scariest, like that was so scary and so well done. And then you see the movie and you're like, oh, well, obviously they took the scariest parts, but like I thought there'd be more yeah that would make me scared
1: but a snake jumps out at you that was scary um the girl vomiting like black stuff onto the ceiling i mean some of the exorcists not really scary no i mean the only thing that was scary was kind of like a little bit of the build-up when they first like Mm -hmm. when you're like waiting for them to to break bad or you know uh, show how possessed they are she keeps like nailing her father in the head and he just like bounces right back up it. <laughs> and she, like, it's like he's... well that
0: scene yeah that scene was scary when they're like not intentionally playing hide and seek yeah but she like found him and wrapped him with the uh, like headscarf and like threw him against the banister or whatever yeah like, that was like that was really scary it's like oh shit like this is getting crazy and then it just kind of <laughs> but... that it was like when i
1: accidentally threw you against a bed frame um and when we, we were out kids. My teeth. yeah um <laughs> And so somehow this caused even less damage,
0: right? <laughs> than, yeah,
1: than I caused to you. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, there that was scary. I, what did you think? Because the original Exorcist opens on this like ex um, this like archaeological dig, and there mm-hmm. you know spends a lot of time sort of setting up some le- like um, connection to an ancient uh, force, and this one does try to like evoke that Sorta. with this. This, yeah, like... um, Where are they at the beginning of the movie? Portugal or something?
0: Uh, Haiti. Haiti. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, there's um, a father... Or not a father. There's a couple um, that is, like, there photographing things. And then an earthquake hits. She's pregnant. Yeah. She's pregnant. She can't go, like, with him up to this one vantage point to take a picture. So they get separated. And then an earthquake hits and she gets you know pinned under the rubble mm-hmm. and there was kind of a an interesting twist at the end which we'll we'll get to but she you know as far as we know he has to make a decision between this is such a movie trope but <laughs> b- between saving his wife or saving oh, the their unborn child yeah. and then we cut 13 years later and he has a daughter so we presume that he yeah. made that decision
0: but i assume the entire time if i were in this situation that you would save the mom because
1: yeah let's talk let's talk that through because that might be more interesting than the movie itself like <laughs> yeah you're in that same situation um you've your husband is pregnant
0: <laughs> yeah i think he's pregnant uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh and you can only like choose one. I mean the child you've never met, which, you know, is heartbreaking.
0: Right. Or the person
1: you've spent a, a lot of your life with. Yeah, yeah, years of
0: your life with that you already, you know, picked out of like this, you know, it's just so when I saw that, I was like, that's weird that he chose the child over the mom. Cause I mm. in my back of my head I always was just like, but I wouldn't choose. I mean, that's really sad and you know, that's awful. But if you had to choose one, you want to choose like your partner. I would think. Yeah. That's why I was yeah. like, oh, that's a weird choice. And then I was like, well, maybe there's further complications they didn't talk about. Like they just like skipped over it. Like she would have died potentially and you didn't really have to choose or, you know, so
1: yeah. I-, I thought there were two key choices in the movie and these, we're going to start with the good before we dash it, <laughs> I guess, um, which is the polite thing to do. Yep. Um, the choice was, you know, unborn child or your uh, partner and mm-hmm. he actually chose his partner. So it's revealed through the demon um, is as possessing his daughter that she knows or the demon knows you didn't choose me you chose my mother Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why there's all these like whenever she's like um, wanting to um, wear the mother's scarf there's like all this real you know trauma they are the absolutely you know healthiest most um yeah (laughs) bonded you know lorelei and rory style um father daughter but um but you know he's clearly we are supposed to believe that you may you know maybe he resents you know his his lover not being around um even though he never shows it in the movie (laughs) other than you know like he he gets a little he doesn't really want her to flaunt um her mother's stuff and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe in, in, I guess it's heavily implied that like, he doesn't really want to talk about the, like her to know that much more about the mother. Maybe. Is that implied? I
0: didn't didn't really get that.
1: Well, her motivation for doing some sort of ritual is Is to
0: reach out to to the mom,
1: to reach out to the mom. So, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's totally fine talking about her, but that's not the same as like, (laughs) being able to meet her talk to me style. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a way better movie.
0: Um, <laughs> yep, and I didn't even like that one that much. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that we already talked about that choice. I think you're right. Um, and your instincts were correct because that was his. He he did make the choice that you would have made, mm-hmm. and I tend to agree. Um, and the other choice was the <laughs> he's a single parent, and then the other girl who gets possessed, the mother and father supposedly they're given a choice by the demon that you, one side has to sacrifice their daughter for the other one to live. Yeah, and they um, have three
0: children. Not that, but, you know.
1: What do you, what do you mean they have three? Oh, yeah, they have ones to spare
0: yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> um, terrible but he only has that's all he has left is his one child by the mother that's not here anymore and then you have a family that has three kids i don't know <laughs> well it's
1: a trick question i mean the way yeah. i interpret like, it is they right. weren't supposed to pick
0: <laughs> no they weren't supposed to yeah but,
1: but in a moment of weakness the father who they're not supposed to be like super unlikable but the the white parents aren't like yeah. the most likable, sympathetic character. So he kind of um, breaks and is like, "Okay, we choose." What does he just say? We choose our daughter. Do- our do- our we daughter, Catherine.
0: Yeah, he says her <laughs> Which
1: name. Isn't a crazy? You know, like obviously you would think both parents would choose their own kid, but right. but they were supposed to. <laughs> the demon, you know, flips flips the script on them and kills Catherine. I mean, it's yeah. a little bit like. First, you think that that's actually working the way that the demon suggested, and that the um, um, the one I don't know anyone's names, so that the one girl is dying first, and then Catherine is going to survive, but it it goes the other way around, um, and so
0: Olivia? No, I don't know. Yeah,
1: we can we can look it up, but I, I I actually thought what I'm getting at here is those like character, um emotional kind of like motivations were decent. Um, mm-hmm. Like that was um, effective the way that that kind of played out. Just like, you know, from an emotional standpoint, um, all the stuff with bringing in Ellen Burson's character felt unnecessary. And then she yeah. immediately gets gouged in the eyes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of okay. just for shock value. Uh,
0: this could have been a standalone exorcist movie. It didn't need to yeah, tie yeah. into the first one
1: it that seemed purely i mean it, it's cool if you're making um a remake or you know you're making another movie in an iconic franchise if you can get some of the actors from the original on board i guess you would but it just wasn't very well done um or yeah, yeah.
0: i mean i wonder you would if you wanted to make more money so
1: well that's the cynical view and i'm <laughs> sure that's what the studio <laughs> would want yeah, yeah is yeah. like supposedly david gordon green who directed this as his follow-up to the last three uh, halloween movies mm. um i want to talk about his career a little bit in a minute because it it baffles me um uh, he um he said that he kind of had to convince her um you know that she was skeptical at first of mm. wanting to revisit this the m- the way that her character is integrated into the story is that after the exorcist original, um, you know, we see her and her daughter like living happily, not like leaving happily ever after at the end of that movie, Reagan is released from the demon. Um, Cause the priest kind of takes in the demon and then jumps out the window. Um, so she presumably they can go on with their life, but then her mom writes a book about the story and now they're estranged, um, yeah. Because you know I the daughter that story. didn't love that. Part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <so> well, dumb. <laughs> I know you said he hadn't watched the original in a while, but do you remember like their relationship at all?
0: No, I do not.
1: So it's really I, I rewatched it just this past week before um, the new movie, and it's really tender. Like I was, hmm. I was really surprised that like so one of the iconic scenes you know from that you might remember from Scary Movie. <laughs> <laughs> um is Reagan peeing on the floor like when her mom's oh, having yeah. a dinner party. And like the way she she never she's never angry with her daughter. She's just really terrified and and like she's kind of this um you would think she would be like this type that's like preoccupied with her acting career and a little distant, but like they are it's like the father and daughter in this movie. They're like oh, really that. bonded and she just like is basically kind of like going through um, empathetically, like going through everything her daughter is, is going through and never is like has a judgmental or negative reaction. She's just scared for her. Um, she has like flip outs on medical personnel and people that can't diagnose <laughs> effectively <laughs> what's going on. She does act pretty irrationally towards them, but mm-hmm. she's just very sweet to her daughter. So it's weird mm-hmm. that she would turn around and write this book but presumably it was so she could help other people you know yeah. in the same situation and it was, like,
0: therapeutic for her as well
1: yeah uh. um i mean the i'd say the biggest problem with this movie is all the preachy dialogue and monologues <laughs> about like w- it literally ends with like do you want to know what i think fear is
0: I know that was weird. I was. I don't. Yeah. Or
1: evil? No, not fear. Evil.
0: Evil. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's just like so, there's a lot of moments like that where they're just like actually saying what they're philosophizing, which yeah is a like writing no no in any type of story, but in a movie that's just more meant to evoke like emotion through through fear and stuff. Like you really don't want to have your characters just saying um what causes fear.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the uh, the dialogue and the narration took it out took me out of the movie several times. I was like, wow, this is really poorly written.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you would you ever assume that this director um went from all the real girls, the Sundance movie that we watched with Danny McBride oh, really? <laughs> to to Eastbound and Down, you know, like he's a frequent collaborator with with McBride Weird. on all the all those shows. Um Righteous Gemstones has like these action sequences and some of the episodes that David Gordon green directs that are really effective. Like he's good at shooting like action, um, sort of genre, um, stuff, but it's crazy that he made three Halloween movies, which nobody loved. Um, (laughs) I loved, like, I liked aspects of them and watched all of them and anticipated all of them, but they're pretty, like pretty mixed in their reception. And then he made an exorcist movie that feels just like those movies. It's like a town where the people have to come together to fight this thing. And it's like sort of showcasing. He's like this naturalistic filmmaker concerned with or interested in interpersonal relationships and how everybody kind of has different experiences, but similar um, emotions. And yet, it, it, it doesn't work for this type of movie. I don't know. I it's, feel it's, it's like he should be making something else.
0: Yeah, and I was just thinking about Mike Flanagan. Um, yeah. Why doesn't he just direct a movie like this? He'd be, it'd be so good. Midnight Mass was incredible, and that was all religious undertones and overtones and super religious, and it was wonderful and yeah. scary. And just this movie is just so... I just really want it to be good and I hate it when I like have expectations based on a trailer because I thought it was super scary and you watch it and it finishes and you're like huh and the ending like I was at least hoping like both the girls would die or someone would still be possessed like for the devil or the demon to take one of them and like that's it and like the movie the other one just goes back to school yeah like what (laughs) I don't know
1: yeah I mean like Uh... the only we get like the kill of the priest who like sits in his car for an hour he doesn't and then, want to
0: do it and then he dies
1: <laughs> yeah then he comes in and he gets his head like turned around that was kind of decent gore um yeah,
0: fine.
1: we get some vomiting we get some fingernails falling off oh yeah um, I
0: did not like that if any fingernail yeah. stuff is sh- terrible
1: yeah there was creepy uh, aspects of it like visually or disturbing and creepy imagery like that I-, I give it a five <laughs> for that yeah. Yeah. um but in in the original, the the priest is like going through a complete crisis of his faith, and so like this, you know, ex- having to perform this exorcism and seeing what's happening to her, almost in a weird way, and then sacrificing himself ultimately, um, kind of like, um, completes his spiritual journey. And in this, so I mean, I'm okay with like it being thematic and preachy, um, mm-hmm. if it's effectively done. But this like and I thought that the father daughter relationship was mm, sort of, you know, like I I was sort of invested, but not, you know, um, like it it wasn't enough to carry me through the movie. So I was waiting for the thrills to start. And it's just I don't know. It just it just kind of like meanders along and, and the exorcism starts. I really had to pee but
0: i did too and i was like oh, i have to hold it i can't miss anything and then i was like well i should have just gone <laughs> there was like
1: there was like 20 minutes of like them strategizing before they actually started it and i was like oh shit i can't go they're about to start the exorcism yeah. and then 15 <laughs> minutes later i was like okay i absolutely should have gone, gone. Uh-huh. yeah um but instead i just peed on the floor like reagan so it was, yeah, um,
0: yeah we all did the easiest yeah
1: the easiest well option. and i mean what is your I'm, I'm dying to know what your friends thought or if anyone liked it
0: uh no not really yeah. <laughs> okay great well and the the fun thing that they like to play because two of the girls watch a ton of horror movies and they don't like to check the rotten tomato score until after and then they like to guess at what they think it Ooh, is that's fun which is it's a cool yeah that's a cool way to do it and so i was the one that guessed the lowest so everyone was guessing like 70 something and i guess like 60 and it's like 23 or something
1: yeah cool. I, I was talking to jamie um after the turtles discussion about how like how much it can affect your um viewing of a movie like the the crowd you're with the the atmosphere Mm -hmm. like you can immediately we're emotional beings and you can immediately like pick up on what someone else is feeling when i watch don't look now i might have liked it a little bit more on my own and but (laughs) like i'm not saying that makes it better um but it's just you are influenced by your environment and who you're watching it with Mm -hmm. um but also, her and I are way too. I don't read any reviews. I try not to look at Rotten Tomatoes, but it's just like I usually have some awareness of how something is being received before yeah. I see it, and I wish I didn't. Um, so if they can go into the movie like with a with a clean with a blank slate mm-hmm. of expectation or of um, expectation relative to critical consensus or whatever, that's great and the fact that uh, they gave it that high of a rating is, is surprising cuz were they saying that that was their that they would have given it you know a positive rating or they just assumed it got one
0: i'm not sure because i think they the overall consensus was like it was okay yeah i think their okay is like a 70 something right? you know or is my okay is like well i'm going to give it a 60 cuz i feel bad for it but i did not like it <laughs> yeah and
1: also like all the halloween movies were poorly received um And I might just pay closer attention to kind of like, you know, a filmmaker's career or whatever. So I know all of those got bad reviews. They were, I was immediately kind of secondhand hearing that this was more of the same, unfortunately, from uh, the filmmaker um, as the Halloween movies. Um, And Blumhouse um, paid hundreds of millions of dollars, $400 million for the rights to the franchise. I don't know the okay. of the deal, but the only reason they did that is to make a trilogy of these. Um, oh. so, I mean, you don't make your money back on one movie. Um, yeah. well, you certainly don't now because <laughs> it yeah. dramatically underperformed and is being poorly received and Dang. maybe to the point where, you know, they might not even make the sequels. Um, They might have, they might be financially (laughs) committed to to making them, um, to needing to get their money back. So yeah, it's just kind of crazy that you have this much brand awareness. You have some of the original, uh, characters and it just kind of falls this flat
0: Mm -hmm. and the girl, I mean the makeup and like the two little girls are creepy as fuck. I just wish they did more things with them besides like having tied to the chair to like do their exorcism for 25 minutes. Yeah. Like I liked when they're like around the house and they're like starting to become like creepy, but they weren't fully there yet. Like that was the scariest part when you're like, Oh, she's like in the background, like walking by the door or like that stuff's really scary. But then, you know, I wanted more like hide and seek kind of moments. That's scary. Yeah, Yeah, there exactly. There
1: was that brief window. I mean, they're in the hospital getting examined. They like um, are clearly disturbed. They, slam their hand against the glass mm-hmm. that was because there's like because like a baby comes in or something oh a baby is crying yeah so the one girl like basically cracks the glass She's with like, her hand go home
0: now yeah there's like certain scenes i was like oh like this has potential and then it just kind of so
1: yeah the other girl like glee is at church like right after this happened oh, And yeah she, like has sort of uh she just like walks down the aisle and starts screaming. I thought she was covered about in to blood
0: like... or covered in wine.
1: Wine maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She um, took
0: her from the altar.
1: Yeah. I thought she was going to, I thought the priest was about to die. Like she was like pulling down the, um, some like, uh, part of the church and like, it was going to get stabbed or something, which,
0: yeah, I thought the stained glass didn't come and like cut everyone or something. Y-
1: yeah. Like a carry moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fine that, that, that she doesn't necessarily have that power. It was, it, that was a tense scene, that, like built up. Um, I felt like, yeah the the climax of the movie, the exorcism, like thirty minute plus scene, just wasn't that tense. Um, it's much more effective in the original. I don't think having two girls necessarily made it. Um, they weren't like equally treat, you know, equally treated in terms of backstory or emotional investment. So um i guess it's better when the the girl that we're less invested in dies yeah. but yeah. it just kind of diluted the stakes having two instead of one um if we had known more about like they weren't even friends they were just kind of using I know. each other i know um just, i thought maybe the they were about, like there was like a maybe a romance subtext but that was that wasn't yeah. it
0: yeah and i was thinking more about like the religious like uh, when they're like talking to the candle and Maybe more of like the craft kind of stuff. I thought that would be cool. But, you know, whatever. They just big miss. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and, you know, like uh, horror movies will always get compared to others. And um because fans tend to watch like, all you know, as many of them as they can. And Talk To Me is only two months old and mm. was original, had some overlap in terms um, of, the motivation of like wanting to connect with a, a dead relative, and just did it so much better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big disappointment. I mean, um, we're gonna introduce a new segment. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Could this have been better, um, as a movie or a show? So whichever one we're doing, um, whether we're watching a show, you know, like the Changeling that is. Probably too long for its yeah. story. Um, could that have been better as a movie? This is a movie, like, because it's so interested in, like, theoretically and, like, the town dynamics and the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, could this have been better somehow as a show?
0: Maybe because you have a more invested in the characters. Like, you did, like, one episode on each girl or something like that, and then them coming together. And then, like, the last one's, like, them both being possessed. Maybe. I don't know. I just. The movie is so bad that I don't want to break it up really into more parts, I don't think.
1: <laughs> I, I just remember when I did read about, you know, in in the trades, when I read about the this deal, um and, and the money and, and the trend of everything becoming kind of yeah, like a Mike Flanagan style Hill House series, I I assumed that they were they were making it into a show. Um mm. I think horror is the one genre that like has such a built-in theatrical audience to where, you know, post-pandemic, like, they are trying to get things into theaters and yeah. or is usually a safe bet. But I don't know. I mean, it would have maybe not had... Some, it would have had more novelty of um, storytelling, being able to not be compared to the same kind of, like, um, trajectory and pacing of the original if it was uh, paced like a show. Um, Like I could, if in the right hands, they could spend a lot more time like establishing the relationship. You could have a whole episode with just the um, husband and and wife on that trip. You could have a whole, you know, like that could come as like episode three after you've, you know, as a flashback or something like, which again is a <laughs> as a TV trope, <laughs> but like you yeah. could have been so much more invested in these these characters. There could have been a lot more to the girls' like relationship, like their parents clearly kind of being at odds and denying. They kept calling their the um, Catherine what like a social butterfly or what do they call her? I don't her?
0: know. I don't. Yeah, something like that. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, I'd like to win the parents. It was really like, popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked when they were bickering about, like, because they were in a state of of absolute, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, shock that their girls were, were missing for three days and they were like attacking each other. I thought that yeah. was effective. Like, what are you not telling us about your daughter? Like, it's like I'm really I,
0: close to my daughter. Like, she's all I have. I'd never, you know.
1: Yeah. So, I, so anyway, I, I, I if it was made by a, a, Good creator. <laughs> I think yeah. this would have been better as a show just because it's easy to say now that the movie is bad. Uh, right. <laughs> and if we were going to get like a modern retelling of the original movie, then we didn't need that. I don't count this as a true sequel. I mean, it's a sequel by technical um, storytelling reasons, but, but not like a meaningful contribution to the original. It doesn't right. make the, it doesn't build on the original. It just, yeah, you can cut out the two actors place. that
0: they, Brought into it, and you wouldn't even know. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. So our first um movie or show segment is mixed. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, maybe a show. It sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. Um. Well, then
1: our um feature segment. Um. The most important question that is going to be answered pretty quickly is, <laughs> do we want more? I just mentioned. Um. Blumhouse <laughs> wants us to want more. Um, no <laughs> but okay yeah
0: I Definitely uh, not.
1: Uh, that's the other thing like, like what would I, they do
0: what would the next one be like four girls are possessed or like would this just be the, uh, the same girl that survived being possessed again I don't just don't well,
1: what if what if I told you I already know the title for the sequel and it rhymes sort of I guess it doesn't really rhyme but it <laughs> kind of sounds like believer it's like a, a similar word uh, retriever
0: it's a golden retriever that's possessed the exorcist
1: (laughs) that would okay well actually i um, I would
0: maybe see that actually
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um that would be i mean it's kujo remade exercise a dog yeah that would be very upsetting yeah um,
0: that'd be harder to watch (laughs) but
1: very effective um pet cemetery style yeah um it's called the exorcist deceiver
0: okay i'm out yeah
1: (laughs) Um I don't want more either. It's just I had so much I have so much goodwill for the filmmaker of every collaboration he's done with um uh McBride and and uh that whole crew. I've mm-hmm. liked um a lot of his movies that he did before he started making horror movies. I liked um uh, Joe, which was a Nick Cage movie, Prince Avalanche, which was like huh. an Emile Hirsch indie movie. Um he and and even all the real girls, which was kind of pointless <laughs> in <laughs> a lot of ways. I really liked just spending time um, in that, with like characters with those characters. So I don't know. I mean, I want more stuff from him, but I'm it's just I not. Think, this I think vein. four four um, franchise, you know, horror movies is enough to say it's it's not working.
0: Yeah, Ugh. the Exorcist Deceiver. Yeah, what is that going to be about? Maybe it'll be like a Shaun of the Dead, like a comedy. Horror. Yeah, well,
1: that's the thing. He works. I mean, that's what that's what a Righteous Gemstones is even better at, or taking it even further than Eastbound and Vice Principles. It's like it's a comedy, but they have full-on uh, chase sequences and full-on <laughs> like horror sequences. Yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah, so like, why not make this? like funny um was was in. Okay. yeah yeah i know i mean as if like um, i haven't already started I, making it <laughs> as if i have any business to be critical of like um i mean a director like i'm saying that i like it's just it's just weird that he keeps making these movies and kind of repeating the same things that are getting criticized
0: maybe he's like well this one will be a hit
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and he i'm sure he doesn't care like um, I mean, like he's I think making he something, well, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't like want to compromise the type yeah. of movie he w- makes uh, thinks he should make to for commercial benefit, but it's not working for anyone really. Like it, it. You, nobody loves the, uh, the Halloween movies. Like some people don't hate them, but mm-hmm. the new ones, but I didn't really see like, anyone he's not like finding a small audience of of rabid fans for these either which is it's just not really like yeah anyway um anyway um
0: so we don't want more either of us but maybe it feels funny um so each week when we watch a movie or show we put it in our gift shop and then we sell it um so right now we have some cell shades glasses, teenage 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 mutant turtles. Um, I can never say that. I don't know why. And then I'm a Virgo, we have pills for giants, not giant pills, but yeah. And then Evil Did Rise, with some edible wine glasses. What do we want from this movie? Yeah.
1: Um
0: <laughs> deep sigh. Detachable um,
1: fingernails, crucifixes. Um like, you know, demonic possession potion or something like.
0: What about a cross that you can eat?
1: Oh, okay. A we chocolate we cross. Do, we too make a lot of edibles. Um,
0: <laughs> it can go with a wine glass.
1: Yeah, um a chocolate crucifix. We'll just go with that.
0: Yeah, chocolate cross. Perfect. All right. So, what is coming next week to continue this shocktober?
1: Yeah, I wanted to highlight a couple of movies we skipped just because these all would have been viable candidates in a normal month, but it's so much, so much (laughs) is coming out, Um, and these are all streaming. So, Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, uh, which is a prequel, I guess, um, on Paramount Plus. Um, Where are you at on the Pet Cemetery franchise? Um, I watched the
0: first. I watched the most recent one in theaters, and it was not as good as I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, kind of.
1: I think I have there been three reboots? I mean like three just pet cemeteries? I'm not or just I feel, two?
0: I'm not sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah. The original classic, obviously. Um, and then I don't know if I've seen I feel like they re- I think I feel like there was two and I might have seen the middle one, but not the the last one. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just stick to the original. I don't really care about bloodlines, but you know, I'll probably watch it at some point. Um, VHS 85 on Shudder. How many of the, uh, do you know what the VHS movies are? And have you watched any of them?
0: Uh, no, I have not watched any of them.
1: So there are horror anthology movies where there's usually um, several segments and they're kind of like found footage movies or tied to a specific um, year and kind of oh. use the aesthetics of um, horror movies. Uh And things that could be filmed on VHS cameras from that time period. So I've been watched them for a for a while, but uh, this one, what I've what I've seen and and read about it, sounds really intriguing. Kind of, I mean, just the year alone, um, it it sounds like they're evoking um, body horror and Cronenberg movies, and also like cyber um, um, cyberpunk. Like hmm. technology okay. um, stuff. All right. So I definitely mm. want to watch that. And then there's like a um a high concepts, maybe like body swap or year swap movie called Totally Killer on Prime. Cool. Yeah.
0: That sounds more. Up my did you alley. watch?
1: Did you watch Freaky?
0: I did. That's what I was just thinking. It sounds like that.
1: I think it's the same. It's the same filmmaker.
0: Oh, because Freaky, I was disappointed in, but I liked where it was going. So maybe they did a little bit I ultimately liked
1: it. Um, what about Happy Death Day?
0: I liked Happy Death Day. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think I might be wrong. If it's not the same filmmaker that's made all of those, it's the same, you know, like take a, a sci-fi or a high concept premise and apply it to horror. So mm. <laughs> okay. always down for that. <laughs> um, so we're if we watch any of those just independent of the podcast, we um, will definitely bring those up, but they're not going to be a feature. Also, Based on the um, the two recommendations you gave this week, Ashley, you could, if there's ever something that you watch, obviously that we don't um make the main review, you should, you should bring it up, um okay. in the future, um but we have um more g- options than we need, so <laughs> I'll just cut to the chase. We're gonna watch the latest Mike Flanagan, yes, directed Netflix show. Um, there was one. Uh, so he made the two Hill House shows. I liked both of those a lot. He made Midnight Mass, which we loved both loved
0: Midnight Mass. Loved,
1: yeah. And then I feel like Midnight Club <laughs> was a little bit of a <laughs> yeah, a letdown for most people. Although I did finish it.
0: I finished it too, and I thought it was really good until the end. So it wasn't a complete letdown for me. I just didn't like how it finished.
1: So. that was definitely one where they drug it out there was like this cult you know thing that they were obviously building to but they took forever it, like had... and then you got
0: to it and you're like yeah i already knew that it was the place. yeah yeah <laughs> it wasn't surprising that... i think he like kind of it felt like the first six episodes he was all in and the last like two or three was like okay time to wrap it up like i don't want to do this anymore it felt like so
1: And it was supposed to be more ya i guess but not i mean but it wasn't really for for no, I mean, I guess it was fine for teens and it featured, maybe the difference was it featured younger characters. Mm-hmm. Um, And usually it's kind of a wider range of adults. He writes kind of like very, very heavy handed, serious adult dialogue, but yeah. it's incredible. Like his, that's what keeps me hooked on these shows. There's like a, a scare, a couple scares per episode, but the, conversations that the characters have about really weighty philosophical things couldn't be any different than what we were describing on exorcist it's like yeah (laughs) it's really really profound Mm -hmm. yeah Um, the
0: speeches like the preacher gives in midnight mass are incredible like
1: yeah there's always some monologues there's always some like yeah like existential (laughs) it's like (laughs) holy shit yeah (laughs) yeah Um, So, okay. Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. We'll be watching. That comes out on um, the 12th. I have written down here. So either this um, Thursday or Friday, the 13th, we'll be watching that and discussing it next week.
0: Perfect. Sounds good.
1: That's it for this episode of New Release. You can subscribe for Shocktober. And there's already some killer Christmas movies that have been popping up on my radar. (laughs) so subscribe now and you'll be seeing every episode as it comes out um by searching new release podcast on apple or spotify or any other podcast platform ashley
0: that's a fingernail take two ah did we record this time (laughs)